Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm here today with Miss Elizabeth Molina. She is a founder or the founder of the Molina Glow, a salon in New York City that prides themselves on fast results. And might I say, I've seen the results. I've watched some YouTube videos and wow, like that is so cool. So congrats to you. Kudos to you. Um, How are you? How are you doing? (laughs) Well, thank you for welcoming me on the podcast. I am doing well. Um, had some traffic issues earlier, but you were <laughs> so gracious enough to let me slide with my time. So I'm, I'm doing well. All it happens. It happens. Um, well, without further ado, why don't you give us a little intro, a little rundown, and then we'll get right into it. Sure. So my name is Elizabeth Molina. As you guys probably already know, um, I am the founder of the Molina Glow. I'm also a TEDx speaker, a model on a mission, and uh Pretty soon I am coming out with some beauty courses, which are going to be like everything you needed to know, like a beauty, it's literally a beauty crash course. Um, So like from the experience of like a model slash esthetician slash like me, right? (laughs) Yeah. So that's kind of like me in a nutshell. I'm not great at like talking about what I do. I'm a licensed esthetician, licensed tattoo artist slash permanent makeup artist. I mean... I just, I'm not, I'm not the person who's like, this is me. So this is like the hardest thing I've done probably. Oh, well you did amazing. Um, go check out her website. Her Ted talk is so incredible. If you haven't listened to it, you should go listen to it. Um, all right, let's get, let's get into it. So what, what really motivated you and inspired you to start your, your company? What a great question. So what motivated me to start my company was really, I like all of us, right? Like we read magazines, we see like TV shows and you're like, they're getting facials, they're getting treatments, they're looking good. And you're like, oh, I want to get that. So when I was younger, I would like read up on all the latest trends on like beauty treatments. And you know, some of them are pricey. Like, oh yeah. It's not cheap. No. (laughs) So I got this one. So there was this magazine called New Beauty. It's an amazing magazine. If you guys haven't like read it, like you should check it out. It's like really a great magazine. And um, so in the magazine, they said like, there was like this amazing facial and like everyone, like from Oprah to Beyonce to like anyone who was anyone got this facial. And I was like, oh, I want to get it. I called, I checked it out. It's like $650. I was like, oh my God gosh okay for like an hour (laughs) wow I know so I treated myself for my birthday I got the facial and I was like expecting to come out like a new person I don't know what my expectations were but like just the marketing the reading and I was like whoa like I'm gonna get this facial I was so pumped about it I came out I felt like poop it didn't feel good I felt gypped And then like, not only that, by the way, like you also feel like pressured, like you're in this nice place. You have to leave a good tip. Right. Right. I'm like, oh my God. And like transportation getting there, there's no parking. So I'm like, okay, I need to get a cab. Like all of it came out to like a thousand bucks, like the whole add on a service. And you don't want to say no, because like you're already getting the service. So like, why not? So it was like a thousand dollars at the end of the day. And I left there feeling like, I was robbed of my hard earned money 
And I was like, I didn't feel good. I don't think I was treated well because people were like maybe looking at me a certain way because maybe I didn't fit in. I wasn't the normal client that would come in. And like, I just didn't feel good. I felt like less than or not enough. And then the, also the facial was not like anything that was certainly worth that much money. And so I was like, okay, it must be me. And I kept on like going around my day, but just feeling not great. Later on, like another time I got another facial for $150, same situation. This is like a magazine that I trust and like other magazines and like you just read things and I'm like, oh, that's the one I'm gonna get. Everyone's raving about it. Then later you, re you realize like, oh, there's marketing and PR and like people just paid to have a slot. And that's a whole nother story. But um, I left there feeling like if I am a model, if I am like a person in beauty and I feel this way, I cannot imagine what a person who hasn't experienced this or isn't like knowledgeable of the industry, how the hell are they feeling? Because they're probably feeling much worse. Yeah. Because I had an expectation. I kind of knew. I kind of was like lenient about it. And then again, I start, I went to other places to get more treatments. And I was just like, there's something missing. Like there's something missing. And I, and so I was like, I'm not getting the results. I'm spending the time. I'm spending the money. So I was like, why not solve the solution? And so I was like, I'm going to have a place where I'm going to give the client exactly what I think should be like a, a, a great facial, like the service, the environment, it needs to like show like you need to walk out there and make sure that you whatever money you paid like you feel like you you got something out of it so that's what i did and that's how it started that's so cool we when and when we travel abroad the facials there are a lot cheaper it's like if you ever go to india you get a facial there and it's like 30 rupees and everybody there is so sweet and honestly at that facial i felt like a different person i went to a facial here i remember getting a facial once on just like near the house and it was it wasn't anything crazy, but I started breaking out and I had these massive breakouts for a year later because of one facial. And so not only did I not get the results I wanted, I got the opposite results. It was the opposite thing I wanted. And when you're paying so much money, you do want to go in there and come out like, look at me. I'm like, like everything has changed. You want to yeah. go in there and you want to feel like that new person. And I think a lot of people, a lot of just, yeah, a lot of people needed that. And so congrats. I mean, <laughs> um, you. you mentioned before you felt like you weren't treated properly at the salon because you weren't the normal person who would walk yes. in there. Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, I have to go with you to India to get this facial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Next time when the world is open. When the world is open, take me with you because we live like not that far from each other. So there's no excuse. No excuse. <laughs> um, so, you know, like I am a, a, a person of Hispanic descent. I'm like, I have melanin in my skin. I'm curvy. Um, and a lot of the clients were not that. They were like, in air quotes, the American look, taller, like I'm five, eight and a half, but they were like five ten, five twelve, whatever, um, more European looking, and they were treated much better than I was. And so like I have been used to this treatment like my whole life. So I kind of like a lot of us just put your head down and just like, it's okay, like it's fine. It's whatever, but it just, because I was paying so much money, 
I was just thinking to myself, like, is my money not the same because I'm not looking like that? Like, I don't, are you charging me less? Like, what is the difference? Like, why can't I also get offered a hot tea or cucumber water? Is Do wow. I not, like, am I not thirsty? Or like, did I not pay that? And I also tipped really well because I also felt like I needed to like- Compensate. Compensate for it. And then like the other person, by the way, did not tip. <laughs> So, and I find that to be like something that happens a lot. And it's like, yeah. and I'm like, why, you know, why aren't you going to tip? And they're like, well, I pay for the service. Like, no, it's a lot of money. And like, but I felt like I need to like do something to be okay and be accepted. Right. So, I mean, that's pretty common, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I think things are changing now, but it's, yeah, it's still there. Oh no, it's a hundred percent still there. And I mean, there has been an increased awareness about it but that doesn't really diminish its gravity at all and I think it's I mean it's just been going on for so long and the fact that it's still going on is insane but yeah no it's crazy (laughs) (laughs) um but going back to you know your your journey you also you do things very holistically like you scroll through your Instagram account everything is super holistic and super you know just human humanly is that a word I don't know we just made it up. It's okay. <laughs> um so so what inspired you to not only do this but do things holistically I have to say before I answer the question I this is like one of my favorite interviews so far because you're so thoughtful and you actually ask me questions that people don't really ask me people just want to know about the hair and the makeup or like clothes or like just random like very superficial things so thank you for asking me this question um I guess like you know a lot of times we do things because we've experienced them right so for me I was like always like having like I was very sick at one point like celiac Crohn's allergies I had my gallbladder removed like major sinus infections like you know for my whole life and I guess when you are, you know, a lot of people go through a health journey because they, they were sick. You don't just happen to fall upon it. Cause you're like, Oh, like hunky dory. And like, nothing's wrong with you. Like, Oh, I'm interested in holistic health just for fun. Like maybe, but like, not really. Um, so that's kind of how I got there. And so as I was starting to like heal my body from within, I noticed that my skin was changing. I noticed that my hair was getting like voluminous. I noticed that my nails, people are like, oh, you have fake nails. I'm like, no, these are my nails. Wow. And I cut them and they're like, they're like, they're solid thick and hard and like solid. Yeah. Like, before they would just break like, like, a, like just so easy. And so like, I was like, wait, what's happening here? Like I'm focused on my health. And I'm focused on my sleep. I'm focusing on relationships, spirituality, meditating, all these things. But like, it's doing something to my body on the outside. Like what? And so I was like, whoa, what's the connection? And obviously there's a connection. Your skin is the largest organ on your body. I say that your skin is a poor card of what's going on 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 the inside. So ever since that, I'm like, how come no one's talking about this? Like, no one's addressing it. Like no one's saying, I'm like this acne, like where did it come from, right? Like you got, you got a bad facial, there's probably some cross-contamination, some bacteria, maybe something like that happened and then it spread out and your face was just dealing with it. But you know, yeah. Like, yeah, so so I was like, why is no one talking about like, that could be hormonal, that could be a gut issue, that could be like, you're not having enough water. 
no one is talking about this. You're just talking about buying products and like kicking it on your face. Like, how does that, ha- like what, what happened there? So that I was like intrigued by that. And, I, and I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to like be that person. So like talk about the real stuff. I, I definitely noticed that when there was a shift in my mindset, um, in terms of like my acne and everything, things automatically just started to clear up, clear up. Like when I didn't really pay attention to it, when I was just like, it'll go away. Like it's only a matter of time. It slowly started to go away. So what, what practices or what things did you do to really like shift your, shift your methodology? There is a lot of meditation and like meditation is really hard. Like I know people throw that word around and it's like, it almost, I, I almost cringed as it come out of my mouth. I'm like meditation, yeah. but um, it's really hard. And it's not like sitting there in like a prayer position and oming your way through life. That's not it. <laughs> Meditate. Yeah. Meditation is not that meditation for me. is just like coming down to present. Because like when you're living in anxiety, right? Like you're living in the future. When you're living in depression, you're living in the past. And like, we forget to be present. So for me, meditation is just like sitting with myself. And so when I started to do that, I realized like, oh, this is why I may be, you know, stress eating. This is why, like, I just let something, you know, thoughts come in slowly, like just start practicing being there 30 seconds, a minute, five minutes, until like one time I did like six hours of meditation, which was amazing. Wow. It was so good, but I can't do that all the time because I have responsibilities, <laughs> but, but that was my shift. My shift was just to kind of center myself. And I, and again, it sounds like very woo-woo, but when you like really just kind of like stand there in your own skin and just like, you know, let it come to me, let it sit, let it settle. I mean, everything, you just know the answers to everything. Like you don't need another guru or something. You are your own guru. Wow. You, so you said you were sick a lot when you were younger, right? Yes. So how did you, how did you stumble upon meditation and everything as a result of that? Like, was it on accident? Did somebody tell you about it? Because I know everybody's like, you should meditate. You should meditate. But yeah. So everyone told me to do meditate since I was very little. So my, so, uh, let's take it back a second. My parents were very like into nature, spirituality, like rescuing birds, helping people. Like if there was a homeless person, it was like, here, take whatever you need. Where can we buy you? Let's go to the store. Like, what do you need? Like, we will get that for you. So I grew up with that. Right. Um, but they never like meditate or anything like that. And people like all their, they had friends that were shamans and all these kind of like acupuncturists and just a lot of like, um, Vedic teachers, like just all around me, like astrologers. And like, they would always talk about yoga and meditating. And like, it just never resonated with me because I was, I I didn't see it in my home. And then everybody was like, meditate, meditate. I'm like, or you have monkey brain, you need to meditate. And I'm like, meditating felt chaotic for me when I even attempted it. I was like, I thought I was being tortured. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was like, what's happening? All these thoughts, I'm going to lose it. Like, I need to run away. It was very like, for me, that's how it felt like in the beginning. And I think um, I got to a point like in my life where I was so sick, like even I was, um, I couldn't even walk at one point. Like I had so much back pain um, and I was going to need back surgery because like I was in a car accident. And anyways, long story short, like 
I was like, I, I can't fight anymore. Like my spirit couldn't fight anymore. And I surrendered. And that sounds so cheesy, but I was like, okay. Like I literally like physically, like the universe was like, you can't move. You're freaking sick. You can't get up, like lay on this floor and just like surrender. Cause <laughs> it was like, you have no choice. So that's kind of how it happened for me. And I laid there and I was like, okay, why am I here? And then I'm like, I can't move. I can't, I can't do like basic things. And then I was like, okay, but what can I do? And then I started like being grateful. And I was like, I'm grateful for this home. I'm grateful for, you know, being able to have food in my fridge. I'm, I'm grateful for all, like, you know, going back to my story for my TEDx, grateful that I have my daughter with me, just grateful for all these things. And like, all of a sudden my pain started going away. And all of a sudden, I mean, not to say that I don't have pain here and there, but I do, but it was just like, is this meditation and just kind of started like bringing I felt like you know when you have um I don't know when you mix like sand and water and you swirl it and it's all like moving but then you like let it be still and then it starts settling to the bottom and then the water and the sand separate that's what I felt like happened wow and I was like oh is this grounding like I knew about it but like what what's happening so ever since then, I said, oh, this, this is actually really good. Let me figure out meditation. So I started like, you know, Googling, YouTubing, researching. And it, then I like listening to so many gurus that I can't even remember their names, but they were talking about just like, it's not this, um, it's like, right. it's, it's just training your mind, training your body. And I was like, oh, and it's okay. Cause I also thought meditation was not having any thoughts. Like, that's what I thought it was also like yeah blank yeah yeah and they were like it's okay to let them come in let all the thoughts come in let them settle and I was like oh so like surrender to your thoughts <laughs> got it that's a really good way to put it like surrender to your thoughts yeah a lot of like everybody everybody that I've met just is like this is like you should meditate but nobody ever says why like I very rarely get the why so I think that's a perfect that's a perfect why like you surrender to your thoughts and you can stay in the present um going back to your sickness again yes how did how did that motivate you to start your business and to move on like did it was that is that what fueled you to continue on no, no, no. I wish it did. Right. But I think what fueled me was, um, I guess I had, a, I felt like I had a lot to prove because of what had happened to me in my past. I didn't want to be this scorned woman or like a damaged woman. And I know like in our societies, communities, like, um, at least for me, like coming from a more traditional background, like women, unfortunately are not really valued right? Like our value is in our, in air quotes, purity. It's in our, like just being clean and like a virgin and who knows how to be a good housewife. And is like, she's a doctor, but she's not going to practice medicine because like <laughs> she wants to be home with the kids and make sure that you're raising like beautiful children. Right. And so I felt like because of what had happened to me, I was like married at a young age, been through this whole situation, divorced with a kid. Now I felt like I was treated like a second-class citizen. Like I like that scarlet letter, like in that, um, the, like in the book, the scarlet yeah. letter. Yeah. <laughs> I 
felt ostracized, but like by myself, because it was like, oh, but you're divorced. Oh, but you have a kid. Oh, and I always got these O's, like you're so pretty, but like you have a kid, like, oh, who's gonna want you? Who's gonna marry you? Who's gonna like, um, it's really hard to like, all these things were, and I kept on like, in my mind, like I could have been really depressed about it. And sure, it hurt because like yes. at the same time it was it was true. Like I was divorced. I was a single parent. I, like they're not lying, right? Mm -hmm. But it the way that it was delivered, it wasn't like you're strong for getting out of your situation. You're amazing for being such a great mom and putting her first, especially being like it wasn't that. It was like oh, you're a statistic. You're a Latina girl who got like knocked up when she was young and. And I'm like, that's, yes, you can put it in that way because it's technically true. But at the same time, I was actually married. <laughs> I, it was like, it's like not like an accident. Yeah, so, yeah. So for me, I think that's really what fueled me. The fact that I wanted to like prove to myself, to my daughter, to the world that like you can go through things in life that may not be fun <laughs> and like maybe traumatizing, but that doesn't define you. And actually that doesn't like put like a stamp on you that says expired or not good enough or like you can't make something of yourself. So that was my fuel. I was like, I wanna show myself, I wanna show the people, I wanna show my daughter that like, you like it's never too late for anything. And so that's why, that's my fuel actually. That's truly my fuel. Like I don't want anyone to ever feel like a second class citizen, especially a woman. And I don't want anyone to feel like they're damaged goods because something yeah. happened that wasn't even their fault. It, you listen to these stories and you hear these stories and you, you, you see how people, and I mean, women, how women really feel. And it's really, it's really, really heartbreaking to see. Like I've, I, I mean, knock on wood, I haven't experienced anything, but just the fact that other women have is so upsetting and it makes people feel it makes women feel less than it makes women feel inferior and it's really sad it's it's really sad and I think there's not enough women figures in the world who empower women because they simply can't and just the fact that you know you're so vulnerable as to sharing your story and you know telling us about it I think it's thank you um we need more people like that um a lot of a lot of people struggle with overcoming that but and that oh and that why. So what were what were some things that you did to overcome those, you know, like limiting thoughts? So it's not going to I mean, unfortunately, I wish it was like I could just give you the answer. My answer is you know my story. I was, you know, married at I'm going to say engaged at 16 married at 18 to somebody who was 18 years my senior, had a baby at 18, divorced by 21. He kidnapped me, brought me back. I escaped everything, like watch the Ted, right? Um, and so I think for me, I think it goes back to that surrender, but also like when you're in your life and you have like, like you're, there's nothing left. Like no one has, like there's nothing that no one can take away from you anymore. Like how do I, it's like almost a survival. It was like, wow. I had nothing to lose. Like when you hit rock bottom, like on a chart, like yeah. it's like nothing I do can be wrong. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how I got over that. It was like, I had literally had nothing to lose. And so I was like, what if I, what if I do something? It could only be better because 
it's pretty bad. Yeah. So that's kind yeah. of it. But I'm like, that's, I don't know if that's helpful for no, anyone. No, 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 no. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But I want to ask you, you, you talked about makeup, like war paint. And I thought that was so empowering and powerful was, was makeup, did makeup at all help you through that, that rut? Yes, it did. So makeup, I talk about it as war paint because in my mind, always like my whole life, I always felt like, um, you know, like women, again, there's a lot of us. And unfortunately, like in a lot of societies and cultures, even in America, even though we don't really talk about it that much, um, it's there, like even yeah. modeling, right? Like after 24, like you're no longer a great model. <laughs> so, so it's there, it's just different. And so um, I always thought like when I see women and, and I've worked in so many different places and in the modeling space, it's very competitive and very catty. Yes. And I always thought to myself, like when I would go to like a casting call and I would see the girls like put on the concealer to make sure that you can see their back so they can look younger. And I, I was like, it really feels like I'm going to war because there's a room of 50 of us. We all look very similar and we're all fighting for one, one role that we can maybe fit. And we're hoping that like the concealer was going to help us. We're hoping that the mascara that we did is going to make our eyelashes look longer and we're going to look more youthful. And we're hoping that like a little bit of blush is going to make us look like we're vibrant. And I was like, always like sitting there in my mind playing this song, like, you know, that song, Love is a Battlefield. Yes. <laughs> and I was think, playing this in my head and I was like, makeup, like we're ready for war. Like, I think they talk about war. I don't know. There's like a part in there that there's a little like um, clip in there that always like in my mind, I think of like makeup and war paint. And I'm like, this is like literally like war, like a concrete jungle, like women are out there, like trying, trying to outdo themselves. Like, you know, if you go to like a family gathering or something, all the women are like nervous about their dresses. Like they were, yeah. she already saw my dress. Oh, my hair, like, oh my, like you have to look better than your cousin or like, it's it's very competitive like even in your own family right like women yeah. don't do it for the men or for the, they do it for other women yeah <laughs> yes 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 oh yes. my gosh continue go ahead yeah no so so for me I was like you know and so so I looked at makeup always in that way because there was a lot of pressure for me to like oh your cousins are taller or you're or who's going to be taller because you're the tallest right now but like your other cousins are going to outgrow you or like who's skinnier or who's this or, and it was like so exhausting. I like, I stopped going to family functions because wow. there was so much pressure to be the best. And like, I was just, it was too much. Like you can't have fun. And, and I didn't want to go there, but so to answer your question, I digress. Cause I get so excited when I talk about makeup and war paint. Um, so for me, I guess I, I found it to fit into my, that part of my life because when I was going through that and I was like, having bruises and having things like I did use that concealer to conceal my bruises to conceal maybe my nights of crying to conceal like parts of me that I didn't want the world to see and judge me on because people would judge right and so I used it as that but not only did I use that during the part and it, it also saved me because when you look at yourself in the mirror it's very impactful like I don't know if you've ever got your makeup done professionally no. no. Okay. Well, you, I'll have to do your makeup one day. Oh. <laughs> um, so for me, what, so when you are in a chair, you don't know what you look like. You just know what you can yeah. like. 
Right. And you're sitting there, you're getting your makeup done. And then you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, that's me. <laughs> you look so glammed up and just like everything is like just emphasized that your yeah. nose, your cheeks, like all these things. And you're like in awe of yourself. And then people receive you that way. So when I saw myself and I saw my bruises and then I was able to cover that and like look in the mirror and look normal, right? Like in air quotes, normal, like not a person who was suffering, not a person who was going through things. It made me feel better. And I was like, wow, makeup is so strong. Like makeup can change you, can alter your, <clears throat> not just your appearance, but like so much, like a ritual. Yeah. Yeah. And then moving forward after I like, left my situation and I came back and I escaped and everything I was like 103 pounds which is like three percent body fat like super emaciated like my baby was like bigger than me like her body was bigger than me wow like, her shirts were big on me like that's how wow. tiny it was like 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 you could see my ribs right wow and so um people and I I still had like some bruising and I like I didn't look okay. Like my color wasn't okay. Cause I wasn't healthy. Yeah. And I put on that makeup and people didn't, people couldn't see like what I looked like, like what I was feeling inside. You know, people treated me like, Oh, you, you know, you effing B, how can you be so skinny with a baby? Like, it's not fair. And you're so lucky. And I'm here. I am like, I'm lucky. Cause I was starved. I'm lucky because I didn't have access to food. Like what? But then I also felt powerful because instead of people feeling bad for me, they were jealous of me. And I was like, I felt like I put on like, did you ever watch Harry Potter and like Hermione? Like oh they, they drink that drink and then they become another person. That's what I felt like with the makeup. Like when I took it off, I felt like a broken, like, soldier like patches wow. every, I just felt like so broken but when I put on the makeup it was like I put on an armor and I was like ready to stand and no one can make me feel bad no one can look at me and pity me I was strong they actually were jealous of me and I was like there's power in this like so much power Wow. I mean, I mean, even like you look at anything and you can really use makeup for anything. And in some cases, it's obviously used for great things, but there's also some cases where it's not used for not so great things. And, you know, in what I mean by not so great things specifically is just people really altering their appearance and honestly, social media, like just the way people alter things and they put it on the internet and they make it seem like that's the reality. And then girls feel bad about this. Like there's just this downward spiraling effect. So how do you think that we as a community, as, uh-oh, I think you froze there for a second. Okay, you're back. <laughs> How do you think that we as a community can really work to change that, that, not connotation, but that thing that makeup has kind of attached to it, that negative side that it has that makes people feel bad? Because I mean, girls can, people can draw on abs and pose nicely and post it on Instagram, but that's not reality. And that's, it makes people feel bad. And it's like, wait, but I should look like that. Like, how come I don't look like that? And it's all, it's all downward spiral from there. So yeah, uh, that's a great question. And that's actually part of my mission when I talk about being a model on a mission is I want people to go back to being their, themselves and understand. And that's part of my, even my beauty crash course is like, 
understanding your features, understanding what's so special about you and highlighting that. And once you get to like really love yourself in that way, you're not going to want to have that tiny little nose or those big oversized, overdrawn lips, right? Like I happen to look like that in real life. <laughs> I used to get made fun of, you know, for having big lips or my, they used to call me Pinocchio. Wow. And now I'm like side profile, Pinocchio's back. Like, you know, <laughs> but like even like my lips, like everything that I, my bushy eyebrows, right? Like that was so funny. And like, everybody called me like a unibrow and <laughs> I, mean, I could go on, right? And like yeah. today people are like paying to get thicker eyebrows. People are paying to get bigger lips. People are paying to get like a pointy nose. And so like my whole thing is like, if we start just appreciating ourselves and we don't have to all look alike, cause I know what you're saying, like online, all the girls look alike. They start morphing into the same version yeah. of them. It's like, it's like literally someone took a cookie cutter and like- I was just, just gonna say that. that. Cut and paste, yep. cut and paste, cut and paste. They all got the same lips, the same nose, the same everything, hairstyle, same nails. <laughs> It, it, it just it's just everything right like same cut of the nails and right. so I think if we just start kind of learning to love ourselves and to learn about ourselves then that can happen and what I mean by that is a lot of times like I don't know about you but for me my mom never my mom wasn't big on makeup yeah no, me neither. no one in my family was actually like yeah. my grandmother was out, out of mine she was and so maybe my aunts were turned off by that I don't know but she was very glamorous <laughs> but my mom and my aunt weren't and they were like who I had direct contact with mm -hmm. and so um I didn't learn from my mom like how to like wash my face how to like have a makeup routine like nothing like I actually taught her how to do that yeah uh, so I think most of the people in the world like I've I want to say percent of people don't know how to do that so they learn from influencers or from people on youtube who talk about these things and they think oh that's how it's done that's how i have to do it that's how i have to look right but if they had someone who actually cared and said hey this is how you wash your face. This is how you do this. This is how you apply makeup on properly. This is how, you know, you accentuate your features. These are your beautiful features. Let's pull them out. Like no one had the time to do that because everyone just, they're like, oh, well, Huda posted a video and like, that's what Huda does. Yes, it works for her skin type. It works for her face structure, but that's not going to work for everyone. So, you know, you'll be surprised. I have a lot of clients that are like badass CEOs of like huge fortune 500 companies and they don't know how to put on makeup. They wow. have makeup artists and they hire me to help, you know, guide them through the process, which is why my course came out. It's coming out because, um, I have so many clients who are powerful women and they're in the same boat. They're doing their makeup wrong because they're trying to look like the influencer who's out there. But if you really take a, take a, take accountability or take note of like, inventory of all the influencers who do makeup it's all the same style mm -hmm. no one's doing anything different it's all the same like contour here contour there overline up here like all of that right but no one's talking about the the other part of beauty that is so magical right we're talking everyone's like doing like a little bit of magic here <laughs> they're becoming another person um and so like that's cool too yeah if you feel great but like so i just i just feel like if we start educating people how to love themselves you can't you can't like shove the bs down 
their throats. And again, that's the beauty industry, right? The beauty industry is a trillion dollar industry. I say that over and over again, because it feeds off. I said it in my talk, your insecurities tells you, you don't look like this model. You have bags. You need to buy this product. You need this cream. You need this lotion. You need this concealer. You need this foundation. You need the setting powder and you need the tools and you need all the tools, the brushes, the beauty blenders, the rubbers. <laughs> I mean, we can go on, right? So, so once we stop, like, what if we were not insecure anymore? Oof. Wow. What would happen to the industry? The industry would disappear. Peer, wow. Yeah, so that's my goal to, to kind of like bring people back to take their power back because that's what I'm about. Take your power back, be strong, love yourself. Tell the industry, why do I need this cream again? I don't need this. You need me to buy it because you want to get my money, but I don't need it. No. It's doing nothing for me. Half the time, 90% of those products do nothing. They're all the same formulas. <laughs> They're all the same formulas literally all mostly the same formulas like very wow. have anything new by the way i'll blow you and your audience away i think it's been about 40 years since there have been any new revelations or any new like ingredients or out of the um ordinary like ingredients that have been discovered wow. i think that just goes to show that things are just a scam and like you said it's all just to make money and feed off of your insecurities. That's why I use two products. I use my face wash and I use my CeraVe lotion and that's it. Good. Well, we're going to have to add sunscreen in there for you. But sunscreen. I use baby sunscreen. <laughs> it's like the one I used to use when I was younger. I still use that same one. Okay. But um, yeah, I think every, it all feeds off of your insecurities and every everybody's cookie cutter and everybody thinks that they need to look the same but in reality the beauty is being yourself um so how did how did you find out how did you find it within yourself that that was your mission that was your purpose yeah wow you are on a roll i am so excited to see what you're going to be doing in the future because now I can keep tabs on you. Um, you. Wow, you are a badass. Um, Thank you. So you're welcome. So I think it started at, at like five-ish. I started modeling. Wow. I so I started modeling at five and I would go to these casting calls like at five in the morning. I remember waking up at 4.30 sometimes. It wasn't even bright out with a little <laughs> luggage and different clothing to change into. And I remember being told, like my mom was like, you need to practice your smile and say your name. And I was like, my name is Elizabeth and my number is blah, 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 blah. Like Elizabeth Molina. And I'm here to audition. <laughs> it was just so funny. Like, I remember like I practiced it. Like it was like my, like it, I was going to die almost. Like if I didn't Aww. get it, because I wanted to be perfect and get, get the role. Um, and I didn't understand so much of it, but I knew that I was going to be on TV and it was going to be fun. And I'm like, yes, I want to do that. Um, so I go there and like, uh, first of all, I'm the only little girl with brown hair. I'm the only little girl who has any color. Wow. And I was like feeling like, I, I remember this feeling like, and my mom looked different than all the other moms. Right. And like, we came with literally like a little luggage and they didn't like, they didn't come like that. Like my mom, my mom just was there, like, bring change of clothes. She literally brought like a little luggage full of like five outfits or something. Yeah. And, and like, I remember feeling like everyone looking at her and looking at me and like we were different. 
And I was like, why am I here? Like, I thought to myself, I'm not going to get this. Like, I already knew that I don't look like these people. Why am I here? Like, why? I don't get it. I don't get it. Five. At five. Yeah. Cause like, come on. Like, if you walk in a place and no one looks like you, and you're, and then everyone's looking at you like something, like you're an alien. You're like, what's, and I remember like looking at myself, looking at, my goals like am I doing something wrong do I smell like I was just trying to figure it out at five and so I went in they asked like they asked my mom if I got a nose job and I was like what's a nose job (laughs) like I don't know what that is and and so she answered no and like somebody came and like like they um grabbed my nose like touch it like to feel it and I was like "I I guess I don't know like I didn't know you're five, right? So yeah. I stand in the little house and I say my name and I'm here to audition and I whatever, say the lines, I didn't get it. And one of the ladies, when I left, I was really sad. She's, I, I put my head down. They're like, thank you, sweetie. But you know, next we're not, we're not going to pick you this time, but keep on trying. You did a really great job. And one of the ladies said, my mom, I think she said, why didn't she get it? She's really great. And then she said, cause I also had dimples and like, they were looking for somebody with dimples and, um, she said she doesn't have the American look. And again, this was many years ago. So I went to school the next day because this was on a weekend and I went to school on a Monday and I said to my teacher, I remember her name, her name was Miss Toscano. And I said to her, what is the American look? I said, I'm very confused because I was born here. I was born in New York City and I'm American. I, I think I'm American, right? Like, am I American? And she's like, yeah, sweetie, like if you're born in the United States of America, which you are, you're American. And she said, your parents are American because they like did their paperwork, but they were not born here. So they were born in another, she explained to me and I was like, oh, okay. So can't, like, so why don't I look American? I, Cause I like, you're five, you're like trying to figure, I remember, I remember I was like, in my uniform, like asking her, the whole class is just like, what's happening. Yeah. And she's like, didn't know, like, how to answer me and I saw how she was so uncomfortable and she's like you know you do look American but you look like a different kind of American and I said to her what is that she's like you know like the real Americans she tried to flip it and I became like empowered by that but like then I understood that right. and I said what does that mean she said well the real Americans are Native Americans <laughs> Americans and she pulls out the book with a guy and a feather and I'm like oh I guess I don't think I look like that but okay sure and I just like so she's like you look more like the real Americans like the ones that they're not giving credit for but I think what you mean and she's like where did you hear this and I told her what happened and then she said oh so they're talking about the um, like the all-American look like the American girl who's like from the Midwest I'm like what's the Midwest like I'm I was always like what is this why 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 like a ton of questions and she's like you know like the girls with blonde hair blue eyes and she's like you're beautiful you but you don't have blonde hair blue eyes and so you know when you look at the commercials and the tv all the little girls look like that and no one looks like you and I, and, and that was the moment that I started like paying attention to what I looked like and like not feeling good enough. And so it just kind of, you know, 
compounded and compounded on top of each other through the years, going through more castings, understanding that like, now I looked around, like, where am I? Who am I around? And like, for a long time, I only got casted in things for India because I was only good enough to be an Indian model. Like this is apparently what, what India would like to see in their stuff. Yeah. In their, yeah. So I, it's, it's nice to see that now things have slowly started to change, but there will always be some sort of emphasis on that American look. Now it's more of a trend to include that diversity. And I hate that it is a trend, but it needs to be done somehow. And right. I mean, if this is the way, then maybe this is the way. And in a couple years when other generations are in control, I think things will da- drastically change. But what what you said about India, my mom was a model um, before me or even when I was younger. She has fairer skin. You know, she has a very American look. And when I say American look, I completely put that in air quotes because there's no such thing. She's not American, but she looks like, I mean, she is, but she's not her ethnicity she's not right so she has curly hair she had really light hair and modeling here is obviously hard and she got a lot of stuff in India she was in the train station she was on like the city bank ad like she did a lot of cool things but it's because everybody there likes the American look like it's the same thing you don't see a lot of Indian models in the media I we went where do we went we went sightseeing and there was you know, some, some, a, a tourist who came from here, she had curly hair, she had blonde hair, she had lighter skin and everybody stopped her. Like she was a celebrity that used to happen to my mom too, when she was younger and she would visit, everybody loved this American look and was like enchanted by it and wanted to take photos with an American. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I understand that for sure. But so my long, long, like, where did it come from? I guess I didn't want people to feel what I was feeling. And if I was feeling that, and I was, and I'll be, you know, like, I am grateful because I do have really nice features and I am like a nice size height. Thank you. And so I was like, if I'm feeling this and I'm like, at the same time, it's like, you're not the American look, but you're really pretty. You're so exotic. Like I always got that. You're so beautiful. Exactly. Right. Like it's yes. Exotic. And I'm like, I, I always think about like an Amazonian woman in the jungle, like hunting a tiger or something. <laughs> but so I was like, if again, like with the facial stuff with why I had my started my company, if I'm feeling this, everyone is feeling this. And I want I want people not to feel this. I want them to, it's okay to look like you. It's actually, hell yeah. It's okay to look like you yeah. look like, right? Like yeah. If 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I would have been crying, you know, like in high school or whatever, because I was made fun of for having big lips or big, but look what's in trend now. I'm trending. (laughs) Yeah, you are. Yeah. So, so just like, I just want people to like, feel good about themselves. And so that's kind of what motivated me. Like if I'm, and I never want any little boy or girl or person to ever feel like they're not enough that they're not American enough or they're not like polished enough or they're not good enough that is the worst feeling ever and no one deserves to feel that because we are all amazing we are all beautiful and like we're like a rainbow right like what if the rainbow was one color that would be boring very yeah so we need yeah thank you so much for that 
I, oh, wow. Okay. I just saw the time. Who's your hero? Wow. <laughs> no one asked me that before. Uh, I want to say my hero is pretty cheesy. Probably. Does it be one? I, ugh, it's so hard. It's between my, my, my dad and my daughter. Um, I'm going to have to say my daughter because like, I have to. <laughs> She, she's my, you know, she, she's my hero. She's my savior. Aww. She's my hero. And like every day I learn through her. Like, I feel like I grew up with her. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, I don't, I don't have to include this if you don't want to, but how no, are you? Can. She's 16 going on 17. Wow. Wow. Well, you mentioned your, your uh, beauty courses. So when is that launching? Hopefully by the end of this month, April. Yay. Okay. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, and what is your favorite thing about your career? Oh God, this is such an easy question. <laughs> My favorite thing is when I have that moment with a client or with a person that I've impacted and the switch is on and they stand in their light and they just feel so good in their skin and they become unstoppable. Wow. That's a good feeling. That I'm sure it is. I mean, oh, it's I'm almost addicting. I will confess, I'm <laughs> very addicted to that feeling, and I don't know if that's a good thing, but it, but I'll take it because it feels good. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I would love for you to shout all of your stuff out and where people can find you. Just take it away. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, Elizabeth underscore underscore Molina. Check out my website, ElizabethMolinaInc.com. Or if you're interested in the facial stuff, the MolinaGlow.com. Um, and I'm on Clubhouse, which is my handle is at Elizabeth Molina. I think that's pretty much my socials. Yeah. And you have a lot of clubs on TikTok, on TikTok, on Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did start TikTok, but I'm not like doing so great because it's I think because of my long nails, it's hard for me to like edit. Yeah. And yes. so I'm like, do I like do TikTok or do I cut my nails? And I'm like, I really <laughs> my nails. I'm like, I think I'm going to choose my nails. <laughs> Unless you, you know, like somebody who wants to like intern or something and help me with that. Like that could be a good idea. Actually, probably because I'm in high school, we can always, you know, so definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening and don't forget to connect with Elizabeth on all of her social platforms and don't forget to check out her website too and stay tuned for those beauty courses because they're coming. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for sitting through another episode with me. This was an amazing episode. I really, really enjoyed talking to her. Elizabeth is literally one of the most amazing humans ever, 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 ever. She's so amazing. Don't forget to check out her all of her social media platforms, Instagram, Clubhouse. I guess that's kind of it because, you know, TikTok, like she said. But also, if you're interested in an, inter in an internship, oof, I have to enunciate. If you're interested in an internship for the summer because summer's rolling around, please, please, please send me an email at pod.whatsonyourmind at gmail.com. It's in my Instagram. Um... So yeah, just shoot me an email and I will help you. <laughs> uh, yeah, and today's small business shout out is the Molina Glow.
a company that prides themselves on delivering immediate results right after the treatment, which is amazing. Like we had talked about in the episode, we all want to feel like a different person coming out of our treatments or our facials that we spend thousands, maybe not thousands, but a lot of money on. And that is exactly what you will get with from Elizabeth from the Molina Glow. So I encourage you to check out her website. It's I'll put it all in the description box, box, but it's the Molina Glow, themolinaglow.com. And Elizabeth's website is elizabethmolinainc.com. So yes, that is that. And also, I have a quick little announcement of my own. Thank you guys for all of the support that I've gotten in like the last, what, month and a half-ish. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so tomorrow I have... When, depending on when you're listening to this, June 16th, I have a special announcement coming. It's in regards to the small business features that I was talking about before. So I have finally opened it up to all of you and I will be linking a form in my link tree on my socials where you can submit your small business to potentially get a feature in our podcast, which is super exciting. I want to give back and I think this is the way that I can. Hopefully you guys get more customers, whatever it may be, whether it's a service-based, whether it's product-based, I encourage you to submit it because, you know, like why not, right? You're going to get more customers. There will be more eyes on your business. So it's going to be in my link tree on all my socials. Fill it out and we will be in touch. But thank you guys so much for sitting through another episode with me. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. And I know I always forget to say it, but if you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to leave it a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts. I will talk to you next week. Bye!